0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. How's your coffee? Delicious. <laughs>
0: what are you drinking? Oh,
1: today I got the it's like Trenta cold brew with I think it's the cinnamon cold brew
0: Oh, today? You like you like sugary coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I like black and strong <laughs> coffee. And like get get the job done as quickly as possible. Please wake me up. Oh get my butt. I picked blood.
1: up Tracy's coffee this morning and I was like I forgot that you like like nine shots of coffee in your
0: of espresso yeah 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 I need I need it I don't... <laughs> I'm a single mom and I don't I don't get a lot of sleep <laughs> and working you know three jobs and doing everything that I do yeah. is like I don't get a lot of sleep so coffee is like actually my bloodline yeah. or my lifeline
1: I've got two cats and two dogs
0: it's not the same being a parent is really hard
1: um
0: well this is our second episode how are you feeling
1: i'm excited are you i'm i'm excited i mean today's kind of a hard a hard case um before we say anything else i do want to put a disclaimer out there um kind of a trigger warning the case we're covering today does have um does deal with children and there is sexual assault so if that is not something you want to listen to totally respect it we'll see you next week
0: Yeah, that's good. That's important to do. That's, um, sexual abuse is a big thing. One out of three women experience it. We don't have concrete stats on, on guys because that's like taboo, right? Like boys are not, I don't know. It's, it's different. It's different. Boys don't talk about it. They're not allowed to be weak. They're not allowed to address those things socially is the, you know, the vibe that they get. Um, and so, And sexual assault is something that changes people. It actually changes the chemical makeup in people's brains and actually changes them for the rest of their lives. And so that – thank you for saying that straight up because I think that that's really important because some people don't want to –
1: And I don't want it to be triggering to people. If you've experienced Mm -hmm. things, I don't – no, you're not going to hurt our feelings by not listening to this episode. No, absolutely not. We'll see you next
0: week. Absolutely not.
1: One thing I wanted to get into before we – we start um i was thinking about this last week we should have we should have kind of gone into this a little bit more why did you want to start this podcast with me uh,
0: <laughs> well it, it's kind of fluid right because in the beginning my my intention behind it and and even the name the suspended sentence suspended sentence means you've done something illegal right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the purest form of this, this is, I mean, this is a criminal justice term, the suspended sentence. It's when you've done something illegal or that breaks social norms, you've been convicted of it, you're sentenced to something, and then you don't have to serve like a jail sentence or something like that, right? So an alternative way of, of, of punishment, for lack of a better word, is given to you. And so originally, I wanted to do it, to tell the story of people who suffer from mental illness and addiction, right? To tell their story, because they have a story and people, everybody has a story. There's always a why, Samantha. There's always a why in everything that we do, everything that we don't do, everything that exists. But through the process, I was so hyper-focused on the person that was doing what they were doing, not that I forgot, and not that I dismissed, but I didn't pay as much attention as I should have to the victims. Mm -hmm. Our actions and the things that we do affect other people. And when it's done, when our actions are done from a place of malice or intent that is harmful to somebody else, those people deserve to have a voice as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a flip, right? It's a flip to the suspended sentence, and even like the direction that we're going in talking about unsolved unsolved murders, it was a suspended sentence. They weren't they weren't found guilty. They didn't have their day in court. They didn't have a punishment, and that's bullshit. Agreed. And so it is it is a miscarriage, I guess, of justice that a suspended sentence was given to people who don't deserve it.
1: So what is what's kind of your background? Like you're obviously very knowledgeable and very passionate about this topic. So mm-hmm. where what is your background with this?
0: Um educationally?
1: Educationally, mm-hmm. personally. professionally, <laughs> personally, <laughs> whatever you whatever you feel comfortable sharing.
0: Um, so I have a degree in psychology. I have um an associate's in psychology, a bachelor's in social science, um, and 13 <clears throat> different certifications. Um, addiction practitioner, Um, intense family preservation, crisis management, life coaching, I was a PO for for several years Um, so the criminal justice and mental health fields is really where my my professional expertise comes from. privately. I don't know. I don't know that I really want to get into that yet. Maybe we'll evolve to that, but, um, but I was adopted, grew up in the foster care system. Um, and so I, (laughs) you know, I ha, I, I have some trauma. I have some things, I have some, some things that happened that no one was held accountable for that, you know, maybe someday we'll talk about. Um, but, um, but that's mine. What about you? Let's, let's get off of me and let's talk about you, little Miss Thing. So
1: I am not as exciting. Oh, that's I not true. I am just a self-proclaimed crime enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> I obsess over some of these things. I love, like, wondering why people did things. I think that, you know, there's a the big joke out there that women are obsessed with true crime because it gives us a way to protect ourselves. Yeah. And I kind of believe that. I've got a 16, almost 17-year-old sister that hates when I make her listen to true crime podcasts. I'll tell you what, she's thinking about staying home for college.
0: No, <laughs> it makes you aware. It makes you right? very aware. It makes you aware. The one thing that I learned that stands out in my mind the most, the most about places that women should not be alone Do you know where the most dangerous place for a single woman by herself is to be? Mm. Where would you think? You're taking too much time. It's a car wash. Oh. And not an automatic car wash. It's a car wash where you go into the bays and you're distracted by washing your car. You're not paying attention to your surroundings at night. Interesting. And. I heard that and I was like, what? That is bizarre. But think about that for a second. It is one of the most dangerous places for a single woman to be.
1: Yeah, I guess you're the most distracted. You're not paying attention to things. You're paying attention to not
0: tipping your
1: paint off your car.
0: Well, no. and, And somebody can get very, very close to you without you knowing.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things going on. People are not paying attention. When you drive by a car wash, you're not looking into the bays. They're usually set out of the way. That's the most dangerous place to be. And I'm not kidding you. I heard that and I was telling my daughters this as we were at a car wash because I try and put my kids in situations, protected situations, to make them aware. And it was one night, my daughter and I were at the car wash, washing the car, and I told her that, and I told her to be be aware. Just be aware. Try and pay attention to things. I'm not kidding you. A guy came up and, like, walked back and forth.
1: Watching you guys?
0: Watching us.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and... So, there's... I think
0: it's, I, it's good. It's good to, to just be is. aware and, and to learn.
1: Learn. From other people's experiences.
0: Yeah, so that God willing, nothing like this ever happens to you. And here's the other thing that I want to say, Samantha, is you don't have to have a degree to know a lot. There's AQ and IQ, right? Yeah. There's, you know, what's on paper, and then there's, there's street smart. And most of the time, street knowledge and experience is way more valuable than a degree. Fair
1: enough. So, we bring, so. <laughs> we bring lots to this team.
0: So we do. We do. So
1: welcome to episode two. I am Tracy. And I'm Samantha.
0: And this is the suspended sentence.
1: All right. So one last time, just give it another trigger warning in case you skipped through and didn't want to listen to us ramble this morning. Um, this, is a, this is a hard case. This does deal with children and there is sexual assault involved. Okay. I'll try not to throw up. Okay. so this is a case that i heard about a few years ago because there's still to this day this is a case that takes back it takes place in the 70s that we are still getting information like as as soon as like last year so it popped up a couple years ago i did some research on it and it was a case that i could not get out of my head for i mean clearly till now because i'm researching it again um this is, a, this is a hard one. So, jumping in, this is going to be the Oklahoma Girl Scout killings. Oh, no. So, this took place in 1977 um, at Camp Scott. Camp Scott was a 400-acre camp that the Girl Scouts would rent out and have different troops come and do camp. It was a two-week-long camp. Um, that year, it would take place on June 12th, was the first day of camp. Okay. <clears throat> So how it was set up, and I've seen a couple, like, you know, it was the 70s, like, little hand-drawn maps of the camp Mm -hmm. where it was eight tents, and usually there was three to four girls per tent. So tent one would be your your counselor's tent, um, and then moving on would go into camps two through eight. So sometimes they refer to it as can't, tent eight, where this crime did take place, or tent seven. It just depends on if you're counting the counselor's tent or not. Okay. Um, for my research, I'm counting it as as tent eight. Okay. Um, tent eight was the furthest away from the counselor's tent, and in between the line sight, like eyesight of the counselor's tent to tent eight, was the kitchen building. Okay. So it's out of sight. It's the farthest away. When you're looking at these handmade um, maps, it doesn't look like it's that far, but for camping purposes, it was far away. Okay. Okay. Just kind of set that up. Um, there was three girls that ended up being in this tent. Um, for family purposes, I did leave out last names. We're just going to refer to them as first names. Perfect. Um, Michelle, who was nine. Denise, ten. Lori, that was eight were the girls inside this tent and I do before we get into this want to talk about a couple of the girls just to kind of give us a picture of what these girls were like because I think that's really important these are Mm -hmm. these are babies these are our babies Lori um, was described as being very adventurous and was a week away from being nine she wanted to do all of the things that all the big girls were doing she and she was the youngest camper at camp Mm. she begged her mama to let her go and her mom was not very comfortable with this i mean she's eight that's like it's two weeks away that's a long camp yeah and she her friends from girl scouts were going and her she begged her mama to go and so finally after all spring and the beginning of summer of her begging and begging and begging to go to this girl scout camp her mom decided to go ahead and let her which is already like i mean i like i've already announced i am not a mom you are Mm mm-hmm how bad you would feel. Like, her mom already didn't want her to let her go, like the guilt that I oh, imagine yeah. that, that mama felt. Oh, yeah. And it's not her fault. I mean, her little girl wanted to go and she can't control other people's actions. Like you were saying earlier, people do horrible things. Mm-hmm. But I cannot imagine. And that's not even the hardest.
0: No. And as a mom, and I have an 11 year old, like, her little face pop- instantly popped into my head when you were saying names and, you know, and I, I have this vision of, of my little girl and,
1: can't imagine no um denise she was a mama's girl. um she did not like sleepovers. she always wanted to go to sleepovers, but would be one of those girls that she'd get there <laughs> and, and then at ten o'clock be like, Mommy, come get me, I don't yeah. want to be here anymore um and she was just she just got homesick, and so her mom was very surprised when Denise came home from Girl Scouts and said that she wanted to go with her friends to camp for the summer, yeah. That caught her off guard. And so Denise was like, No, I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna drive you all the way out to Camp Scott for you to call me that night and make me drive all the way back out there. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Mom, all my friends are going. Like, it's gonna be great. I wanna go. Relentless. And so Denise came up with two camps. There was a YMCA camp, and then there was a Girl Scout Mm -hmm. camp. And those were her two. And
0: or Den- two options to or two choose options. from.
1: And Denise was like, I don't care. I just want to go to one camp. My friends are going to both. I don't care, Mom, you pick. Her mom does feel really bad because her mom is the one who decided to send her to Girl Scout camp. And I that comes full circle back to Lori's mom. Like she didn't know.
0: Yeah, we always do that though, but right?
1: They, yeah. That you blame, do blame. hmm. So that's just kinda I just I wanted to just show like who these girls were like it was they were so excited that they were going to camp it was i mean it's sad so two months before these girls went to camp there was training camp for these counselors so counselors all went out there to learn the land get everything set up Mm -hmm. during this time tent one which we said is the counselor's tent was slashed and ransacked this is two months before camp Whoa. Inside, there was an empty box of donuts when they went back with a note that said, we are on a mission to kill three girls in tent one. What? Think anything happened from this note? No. It was completely dismissed. No security was added. Whoa. The camp was in the middle of nowhere. Like I said, 400 acres. In the middle of 400 acres. No parents were notified that this was a thing that had happened they replaced the tent and they went about their business.
0: Do they think it was a prank?
1: It was a well-known area where teenagers would go and drink and whatever. To me that's scary. I would I feel like you would take that a little bit seriously, at least investigate a little bit. Well. Wow. <clears throat> so the girls um arrive at camp they there was like headquarters like near the road and from there the girls would get on a bus and be bust out into the middle of nowhere the middle of nowhere literally the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma like the middle of nowhere um so that night originally there was four girls in the tent another girl named Angela who was eight so it was different troops so like Three, four girls from each troop in Oklahoma would be able to go. And then you usually stayed with your, your your group. So your friends that you knew from home, right? Angela was not a member of their, what is the word I'm thinking? Like their club. Their, their troop. Troop. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not a member you of their group. You were in troop. Girl Scouts, weren't you? hot minute ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know how this works. <laughs> So they ended up being able to make room. The counselor came to Angela and said, do you want to stay with these girls or do you want to go back with your troop? And she was like, well, you guys are my new friends, but, like, I want to be with – I want to be with my friends. So she left the tent. Okay. Angela, to this day, is like, why was I the chosen one to get to leave that tent? Because she was supposed to sleep there that night. I,
0: my anticipation is killing me, like –
1: Get to it. You're get like get to it. it. Like I'm.
0: I'm trying to be like, oh yeah, I understand. But I'm like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so with each, so there's ten tents. Tent one is eight. where the oh eight tents. Tent one is where the counselors are, and then there's three to four girls in each of the other seven tents. Correct. Okay. Okay.
1: So originally it would have been this Angela girl, Michelle, Denise, and Lori. Okay. The Angela, but Angela just moved.
0: Okay. Perfect.
1: Okay. So. It starts downpouring rain. It's first day of camp. Mm-hmm. Counselors say, "Of course, we're just going to go to our tents. Let's write letters back to home, telling us telling them about our parents." Oh, our back day. in a day where you would write letters instead of send texts. I know. I was a
0: born. It. I was a. I was. I was born. I was alive really? in 1977. So the whole letter writing thing is like a real thing. You're and not. I just got super
1: excited when you said that. These letters do end up um, getting written in this. They are in their tent. One of the some of the girls needed to go to the restroom. So a group of the girls go together. As they're walking towards the restroom, they see a flashlight in the distance. hmm Shining at them. The girls obviously are their eight to ten-year-old little girls. They scream and yeah. run and think right. it's just another camper. The counselor's like, it's just another camper playing a trick on you. Like, go to your tent. Go to your room. Then one of the counselors looks out of the tent. And sees a flashlight pointing at their tent. She's like, what the hell is that light? Gets her own flashlight, shines it back. At the direction of the other flashlight, the flashlight turns off. She's like, okay, weird, but like, whatever. Now it's granted. Let's think about this. These counselors are probably 18-year-old girls. Yeah. They're babies, too. They're like barely adults. (laughs) They're responsible for all of these children. Counselor wakes up sometime about 2 a.m. to a weird grunting noise that she said sounded like an animal, but also did not sound human, but also didn't sound like an animal, if that makes sense. She was like, it was the weirdest noise that that she, it's like a low growl grunting noise. She gets out of her tent, grabs her flashlight, walks around all the tents, the grunting stops. She's like, okay, that was weird. Walks back to her tent. The noise picks up again, but she was too scared at that point to walk back out. It's the wilderness. It's 2 a.m. She's scared. She goes to bed. The girls. That doesn't even
0: compute in my head. She's scared. She goes to bed. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm scared, I'm not going to bed. I'm waking everybody up.
1: Yeah. No. She was like, I'm just hearing things. It's not real. It was just an animal. We're in the wilderness. It's really quiet. Rationalizing it in her brain. Girls in tent six also saw a flashlight circling their tent, thought that it was a counselor doing rounds. They later found out that rounds were not completed that night. The only round that a counselor did was when the grunting noise happened hours later. So we know somebody else is there. We've okay. Got all these sightings of this flashlight. Next morning, Carla, the counselor, gets up to go get a shower before the rest of the girls get up. So she gets up about 6 a.m. She sees a sleeping bag on her way to the shower. And so she's walking, you know, we've all camped, you've camped before. Walking out, you see it, you're walking towards the bathroom and there's a sleeping bag laying in the middle of the woods. Like, Mm -hmm. that's weird. So she's like, okay, maybe the bus dropped off more luggage that didn't make it. She walks over and unfortunately does find a tiny dead little girl in the sleeping bag. She runs back to wake up the other counselors On the way, a couple yards away, she finds two other sleeping bags. With two other little girls inside the sleeping bags. Oh my God. So it's now about 8 a.m. The police have been called. All three girls are pronounced dead in the woods. Police begin their investigations. The girl's tent was damaged and there was blood on the floor and all over the mattresses and one obvious shoe print. Near the bodies, police find rope a pair of woman's glasses, and a torch with a newspaper article shoved inside. Um, it is discovered that they were killed um, between the hours of 11 and 6 a.m. and that the killer moved the body um, out of the tents around the same time. It had been raining, like I said. Mm-hmm. The tent, the um, sleeping bags were dry, so we know it happened after the storm, placing it between 2 and 6, that the bodies were removed from the tent. Lori and Michelle were cold and rigor mortis had been setting in, so they had been dot- dead for a significant amount of time. Little Denise was still warm. Oh no! So we know that she was the last to be to be killed. All three girls showed signs of being sexually assaulted. Um, they did um, like a rape kit on Denise and Lori. Michelle, they did not do, but it was very clear that she had also been sexually assaulted. Um, The police reported that her underwear had been so aggressively pulled to the side in a way that they wouldn't have naturally been sitting. Mm. Um, The girls were tucked into the sleeping bags and at the bottom, it was clear that the killer had tried to clean up the blood inside the tent and then shoved those items into the bottom of the sleeping bags with the girls. So cause of death all three girls had been um brutally beaten and strangled to death and um this is where to me i just this camp just made so many like errors to me a we're not reporting the the
0: oh man you're gonna have to give me a minute to process that (laughs) like as a mother yeah well as a human being
1: well this is where that gets like worse though so michelle's Parents learned about the killing from the news. (gasps) Um, Denise and Lori's parents received a call from camp. This was hours afterwards because the first people that the camp called was their lawyer and their insurance company. What? And clearly they didn't list names because they were minors on the news. So all... Oh, man. All Michelle's parents heard is... Something happened.
0: Something happened. Oh, my God. So,
1: they clearly, they load up all these kiddos onto the bus, and they're busing them back to headquarters. They're calling parents saying, something happened. We need you to come pick up your kids. And then listed, like, called their names off from there. I can't imagine standing there waiting for your child's name to be called for them not to be called. Yeah. And little Angela, the girl that was supposed to be in that tent, she dropped something and didn't hear her name get called. So it took her a couple minutes to get off the bus. By the time she got out, her mom was, like, hysterical because her daughter wasn't getting off the bus. And so that was when Angela said she knew something was amiss other than what the camp told them was that there was just some dirty water and they couldn't stay there. Oh, my God. So to me already the camp is starting off very suspicious little suspect to me you
0: minute the process wow as a mother i'm absolutely fuming as a human being i'm absolutely disgusted i'm like sitting on the edge of my seat like ready to box <laughs> i'm like
1: i know i know so coroner's office said there was such an aggressive beating to the girls um But it was weird. Denise was the only one that did not have extensive beating to her face. The coroner said that she looked like she was just sleeping. Like nothing was wrong with her face. While the other girls were brutally.
0: Which, which one, I'm sorry. I don't, which one, like these weren't little precious angels. Which one was still warm? Denise. Denise. So. He liked her. Or he was tired.
1: I was tired. I don't know.
0: I don't know. She was the it's last. freaking one. disgusting! What a piece of shit!
1: I know. What a piece of shit! And the coroner said he just kept watching her and he waited. He did her. He did her autopsy and all of that last because he was like, I kept waiting for her to wake up. She looked like she was just sleeping.
0: Um, that gives me a little bit of peace knowing that she was peaceful.
1: I just I can't I can't.
0: No. What what a piece of shit. Like what kind of sexual gratification could you possibly get from an innocent 8-year-old child?
1: I know. Like you are you are a different kind of scumbag. Yes. So at the scene, like I said there was rope, there was duct tape and then they did find a crowbar outside the tent. Um, While they were searching the campsite, they did find that other tents had been gone through that evening while the girls were sleeping. Because girls that were wearing glasses, their glasses were found in different spots around the camp that were taken from their tent. Interesting. So, there was a theory that this was because he was trying to find the right prescription, that he needed glasses. Maybe he was homeless and needed glasses so that he could see. But to me, that doesn't seem like they're little girl glasses. They're not going to feel, feel like fit a man. Or it's fetish.
0: I mean, you're talking about a sexual crime, so sexual crimes are fetish. Yeah. Mm. And the fear, can you imagine? Can you imagine that sexual predator and murder touched my child? Even if it was just removing glasses or whatever. Like, can you imagine? No.
1: No. And that he's just creepily walking through everyone's tents last night, and then what? Just decided, like, was this a crime? Did he pick tent eight because of convenience? Because it's the farthest away from counselors? I would
0: assume so. Or
1: is it because he liked them?
0: I I would assume that it was...
1: Convenience-based? It was
0: the safest space for him to be in. He could get away easily. It was the furthest away. He only had to focus on one direction of somebody potentially coming. Noise, opportunity. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's
1: gross. So they did find out that these items that were found at the crime scene had been taken from a nearby farmhouse. Now, the man there had said he had had somebody come through and steal some of his items through his barn. He, through his what? through his barn?
0: Barn. Okay.
1: Um he took a polygraph which we know polygraphs aren't always that reliable, reliable, right? But he passed that with flying colors. The police cleared him. The newspaper was relentless. They deemed this man guilty with no evidence. His article at the top said child slayer. <gasps> items found from a local farm man he received death threats he had to end up being hospitalized because his depression and his anxiety had gotten so bad he was like i did not touch those babies
0: okay so this is the worst crime i think that there is out there seriously is is sexually assaulting and killing a a child i think it's i don't i cannot think of a crime that is worse than that samantha like to be completely honest with you live or die like there there's nothing worse in my mind than than crimes against children especially sexual crimes against children um however i don't think that there's anything worse that you could do to a man than accuse him oh. of doing that and it not being true yeah
1: I holy shit! And the media. I mean, the police. He was never held. He was. I mean, he was questioned. He was asked to take a polygraph. He was like a hundred percent. I will take this polygraph. I'll cooperate in any way possible. Go through my stuff. Then the media just is like. The media decides.
0: Him. Me, the media decides that something is and it is. Yes. <sighs> Whoo!
1: So obviously, the community in Oklahoma came and was like pissed. There, these are our babies. So they. So much was done wrong. Hundreds of people volunteered to help comb through those woods to find evidence. So this huge search ensues. And they find a cave that overlooked the campsite. Which is great.
0: Sorry. Which is great that people volunteered to help, but untrained people walking through.
1: Well, they had an issue of people showing up drunk, acting a fool that had to be removed from there. Like, not all the volunteers were great <laughs> volunteers. Sure. Um, so, in this cave that overlooked the camp, though, it was very clear that someone was living in it. There was women's underwear, glasses, and tape found inside this, inside this cave. Soon, the police would identify a suspect of 31, or 33-year-old Glenn Leroy Hart. Hart is a Native American man with a documented history of violence, which included rape. He was arrested for the kidnapping and rape of two pregnant women in Toulouse, only to get out on parole shortly after. He found himself in jail again, once once again, on a burglary charge, but managed to escape prison in 1973. Escape? He escaped prison? Like figuratively or literally? Literally. Escaped prison. There was a huge manhunt for him. Fantastic. However, he was a member of the Cherokee Nation, so tensions were mounted as police focused on the search for him. So now you've got the Native American police involved, you've got the regular police department, you've got got the the FBI, FBI. you've got different agencies. Yeah. Yes, a much bigger thing. Territory and rights and yeah. Yep. The police case was not strong as they hoped it would be. The shoe print found inside the girl's tent was not the same as Hart's foot. And although police claimed a fingerprint had been found on one of the girl's body, it turned out that fingerprint belonged to an officer. Ugh. So they find this man hint happens. He gets, our Hart gets arrested. They're like, we've got our man. The shoe print doesn't match. They're evident, like, they have no evidence. Yeah. They have no evidence that this man did this. Other than... He's done it to other people. But he didn't do it to children. Why was he linked to it? Why Why was that? Um. So there was a photo of his ex-girlfriend in the cave. That's all? That's it. They're just randomly pulling straws. Pulling straws. Okay. Hart was arrested, and though the sheriff at the time said he was very certain of his involvement, Hart was acquitted in 1979 when a jury unanimously found him not guilty. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the strides in DNA testing have found that Hart's involvement was very likely, but officially this case remains unsolved. Um, he did not serve any time for the Oklahoma Girl Scout killings. The rapist and jail escapee was still charged with 305 years to serve a sentence for the additional rapes of the pregnant women that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He died in 1979 of a heart attack exercising in the prison yard. So, I don't feel like there's enough now that DNA evidence is so much. They're, like, wanting to reprocess all of these things and see if he was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was still going on just as of last year. Like, they're still, this is still a very open case.
0: Why haven't they done
1: it? Don't know. Like, why are we talking about it? Like, let's just do it. Get it done. Um, clearly, Camp Scott was shut down. <laughs> well, it should have been. Um, alleging negligence, two Absolutely. of the victim's family sued Magic Empire Council, who Good. ran the Girl Scout of Eastern Eastern Oklahoma Good. for $5 million. Jurors voted 9-3 to three in favor of Magic Empire. So the family <gasps> got nothing. I think they were negligent. I think they were very negligent. Even How if- did they not win? Oh man, there's
0: got to be more to this story. If... Even if, or really good insurance company, really good lawyers, who were the first call? Because that's bullshit.
1: A hundred percent. Families, were
0: families, absolutely should have been notified that there was a threat. Okay, as a mom, and I yield to no one. I, I, I yield to no one. You know that I mm-hmm. will stand up and fight over a cup of coffee. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> However, if I'm sending my child, my. 8 9 10 11 year old child daughter to a camp for 2 weeks in the middle of nowhere 1977 there were no cell phones there was no life 360 there was no there was no way like i'm not going to talk to my kid for 2 weeks if i'm sending her to a place with complete strangers because come on even teachers and troop leaders are strangers 100% they're strangers if i'm sending my most precious I don't want to call possession because children are not possessions, but my most somebody that I love as much as my child to these circumstances. And I think, let alone know that there has been a threat where they said, I am going to kill three people. I'm not, my kid's not going. Well, or the fact, I feel like it was negligence not to hire security. They should have disclaimed to the parents that there was a threat. And if they were so concerned about money, or whatever. I don't know if they make money for girls attending those camps. I imagine. I mean, in this day and age, you you do youth camps. You get at a minimum federal funding, right? And the Girl Scouts of America is it's a huge organization, absolutely that gets. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge nonprofit that gets a ton of donations, federal money, state monies, blah blah blah, right? And I don't remember. I don't remember my my kids have been in in Girl Scouts. I don't remember if. You pay dues. or I don't remember. But I'm saying that they probably get money if they're so concerned about the money aspect of it. Like you said, they should have hired security. Or they should have had somebody there that was checking, you know. <clears throat> Cameras know.
1: installed. Something.
0: Or, here's the other thing. I went to girls camp when I was a kid. And... It was not 1977 because I was born in 1976, but, (laughs) but you know, in the eighties and when I would go to girls camp, it would be on the mountains. It would be, you know, in the middle of nowhere, but there was men there to protect, you know, to look over and, and, you know, whatever, but also girls like the young girls, we never stayed in our cabins by ourselves. There was always an adult in every cabin, Mm -hmm. at least one, if not two. Nowadays, with all the bullshit that goes on, I imagine. Whatever. But I'm just saying, they did nothing to protect these babies. Nothing. Nothing. And I wonder, and it would be interesting, and maybe you're going to talk about this, the survivor's guilt that Angela... And Carla. And Carla. So, something that broke my heart is not that this entire thing doesn't break your heart
1: 100 percent. but something that really broke my heart was i mentioned at the beginning that they were sent to their tents to write letters home oh god those letters were returned to the families oh no and poor little baby denise wrote to her mom and said i can't do this for two weeks will you please come and get me oh god her letter was asking her mom because her mom had made a deal with her Give it a couple nights. If you don't want to be there in a couple nights, I will come and get you. I will not leave you there the full two weeks. Because she knew her daughter, she was the one that gets homesick. She's a mama's girl. That is the worst. It's horrible.
0: Oh my god. She was was okay. And the mail back then, they probably didn't get the letters until several days after. So you grieve through all of that, and then to get a letter. From your deceased daughter begging you to come and get her. I know. Oh, my
1: God. How do you come back from that? I, You don't. And Lori, I mean, hers was very excited about her new friends that she had made. But Denise's just ripped my heart out. Yeah. Ripped my heart out. Because she was like, yes, I've made new friends. I just, I can't do this for two weeks. Please come and get me. Oh, my heart. Um, so, like I said... This cold this is still an unsolved case it's still marked as unsafe clo- or unclosed unsolved um, unsolved it's not closed it's not cold it's still very open um in recent developments of last year so 2022 um this spawned some more interest in the story after an oklahoma author and teacher faith phillips discovered some new and potential shocking details about those who may have committed the girl scout murders Earlier in 2022, authorities announced that DNA evidence had a strongly linked heart to the case, who, despite his acquittal prior, um, decades prior, had died in prison while serving for previous crimes that we mm-hmm. talked about. Denise's mother, Betty, um, had been convinced that Hart's guilt ever since t- sitting through his trial. She has only visited her daughter's grave once, preferring not to think of her being in the ground. Um, she sees Denise and one of her granddaughters, Morgan. Aww. And says that they have the same personality. She wants to be a part of everything. She tries to join in everything, just like Denise did. Lori's mother, Sherry, um, says that she um, that she's at peace, but that doesn't mean that she has closure. Yeah. She says... I, that
0: resonates with me. I Yeah.
1: She says, when I sit down for my birthday with my daughter, you'll see me laughing, and yet I am very aware that we are not all there, and it's still not real. As for Carla, the camp counselor who discovered the girls' body, she um, she felt that she needed to help someone after work, after all this, and she became a police officer, and then an occupational therapist. She has never met any of the parents of the three girls, and says that she cannot face them because she feels guilty about that night. She said, "I didn't look further to discover what was happening. I have not had a good good night's sleep, the sleep of innocence." You know, the deep restful sleep since 1977. Ugh. I like, like, I'm tearing up now. Like, you are too. Like, yeah. those feel, I can't. Like, that's a forever. What, I mean,
0: what was the evidence that was just found? The
1: DNA evidence. So, I just think. Just like
0: it's, the evolution of DNA?
1: Probably. I think that there was semen. So, one of the arguments on why Hart wasn't convicted is he had had a vasectomy. And so, I mean, I'm not, like, a semen expert, but I believe that when you have a vasectomy, it changes the chemical, like, what comes out of. You can tell someone's had a vasectomy, right? Because I don't know how to explain this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the point was he had had a vasectomy, so from the rape kits that were done on the girls, the semen wouldn't have been plausible to be his due to the vasectomy.
0: Oh, man, that must like, have been, like, Early, early, early infant DNA. Because now, that's why I was like, they did DNA and it was likely. DNA is, DNA, DNA yeah, DNA
1: doesn't. So I think that those rape kits are being reprocessed. Good. And compared to hearts, samples. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how you've... I'm hit and miss. Like, do you think Hurt could have been
0: the one? I don't think that there's enough... I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that's... <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that rape people. There's a lot of people out there, and I'm not... But it's just like, oh, let's put everybody's name in a hat and draw. Okay, you're it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if there's no evidence, there's no evidence, which is why it would be interesting... It's one of my biggest issues with the criminal justice system, is is accusing people like that poor farm man. I know, I that poor
1: man. His life was utterly destroyed. Uh, seriously, like you don't come back from that. And there's always going to be people when you read things like that that even if you're cleared, are like, I don't know. Absolutely, I think he did it. Keep him away from my daughters for sure. Well, and it doesn't.
0: It doesn't. Even being cleared, or you know the record being, being set straight, it doesn't minimize and it doesn't take away what was done to that man 100%. in the amount of time that those things were done. He was hospitalized for depression and anxiety. Like this is a complete miscarriage of justice. A
1: hundred percent. The
0: whole thing, the whole thing, negligence
1: and irresponsibility from the very stinking beginning. hundred percent. And it's, so I know that, like I said, this has been reopened and people are looking into new DNA. Um, the Native American police and council does have representatives for in defense of Hart because he was a Cherokee man. Sure. Um, so I don't know I don't know how we can have this many agencies with their hands in the pot and nobody have any answers.
0: Because agencies don't cooperate with they each need other. To. I
1: mean if we could just like work <laughs> together mean, and figure it out. Yeah, that doesn't I happen. Mean, Hart's been dead for thirty 40, years. Forty years. So I yeah. mean figure it out right. if it's not him somebody has gotten away with this for 40 years or or if you can't figure it out at least try like at i least feel like it's a try. Sloppy investigation
0: i think it's a hot mess
1: and i just my heart like and it's like it's like was it Lori's mom that made the comment that she's at peace but she has no closure? that's mm-hmm. true their their babies have been gone for a long time they don't have closure there's no justice for those little girls yeah yeah, beautiful little girls. There's pictures of them, and when we get our Instagram going, we'll 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 post about this more. But yeah, I want to follow this. Cause I want to follow
0: this, and let's come back to this later on and see. You know, as a mother and as a as a woman, these these, these cases babies. are hard.
1: These are hard. It's a hard case, and it's just one. Like I, you, I mean, you already want to follow up. but I've thought about this for years. It's
0: these are the things that you you don't you don't forget for sure.
1: And it's I think it's important to keep telling their story because if we keep telling their story maybe somebody'll finally have an answer. Absolutely. Hard Absolutely. case today,
0: but hard case today. Well, thank you for doing that research Samantha and thanks for sharing that story and we'll definitely follow up on this and we'll put some links some links up and and ways that we can we can as a community and as a country get together and and support these cases and try and get these cases You know, get some more attention to them and put some pressure on some agencies to do something.
1: A hundred percent.
0: At least what we can.
1: Yeah, and we'll post some show notes with um, the police department's number if you have any information about if you heard something from your parents or your grandparents or you know something. I mean, any tip helps. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.
0: Stay safe.